Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Straightforward Farming Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Reed, alongside Nick McCormick on a cold, nasty winter night. It is nasty out there. Miserable. Currently setting at a temperature of minus four with a wind chill of minus 29. Yeah, not what I needed. No. And it sounds like we're going to get just a little bit colder yet. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Getting some of that freezing thawing out. I went outside and I was looking for that global warming, but I, I couldn't find any. So I put my snow boots on and went ahead and came over here. Yep, same way. I couldn't find it. Looked high and low. Yeah. Sure be glad to have some right now, but. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt raising that temperature a few degrees wouldn't be all bad right now. Yeah, we are. Absolutely. So we've been sitting here shooting the shit, talking about draper heads, and we thought, well, shit, we might as well be recording this. So I guess we'll pick up where we left off. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah, we've traded, we've upgraded this year from a 2019 John Deere 730 FD to a new 735, I think it's an RD is what it is. It's setting out the dealership in the shed. Ain't picked it up yet. We're going to wait after the first of the year for tax reasons. But So that's what we're doing. But got to talking about MacDons and different things. I I can't knock a MacDon head because I've never ran one. Lots of them around here. Yeah. Um, I guess my thing is with the deer, you know, I can tip my feeder house side to side as well as front to back. Yeah. So, and that was always the big selling point to me on the MacDon was, you know, well, if it gets late at night, tip the gutter bar back and keep going. So I'm doing that with the feeder house. Plus, I have the benefit of a flex head in yeah. there too you know and don't misunderstand me i'm not mac knocking mac don i'm not saying they're bad head whatever i just wasn't that many years ago you couldn't do that with a combine though. exactly i mean yeah. so there was some benefit there y- you know i think it depends on your situation whether the flex is the better way to go or whether the hinged head's the better way to go yeah um, we're so flat around here yeah the, the yeah. flex works better for me yeah same here i would say we went to a a not world-renowned model of a 3162 case I each had, and I'll be honest with you, we got along really, really well with it. I, I really can't complain about it. Yeah, it uh, it worked good. I was I was tickled. Now we went from an auger head to that, but uh, it's fine. I I got really no complaints with it. That I realize that big ledge is seems dumb. So when you talk about this big ledge, what is that like? The stone dam right behind well, the- more or less. You know. I don't know how big your deer one is because I haven't been around it recently enough to remember. It's probably remember. two to three inches max. But, you know, so the Case IH one's a center drive, so the gearbox is in the middle. Okay, so how does that work then? Well, it's just got this big flat gearbox in the middle that that's covered. I mean, obviously. Um, and then you got your, you have two sickle heads, two knife heads. So on a bigger head, the knife head, you know, the sickle's not that long. Um because it's broken to two. Yep. That's what ours is on a 30-foot on deer, but they're dual drive. Dual drive on the, on, on the, the this is yep. in the middle. Okay. So. Which I guess now that you mentioned that, is a MacDon that away or some of the early? I've seen I, that on, I, or I, maybe it's a Honeybee or one of them companies. Is that away? They might be. I don't know. I think a it's Mac, a, a MacDon's not, I don't think. I think it's a um, Honeybee. You know, but you got to have room in there. Something's got to be able to flex because your belts aren't flexing. Um, so you've got, you know, your stainless shields there across, and, and they, it ends up being a little bit of a ledge. Um, it doesn't affect anything. I got along with it fine. Yeah. If I had tons of acres of really stor- short stubble beans, I would maybe be c- more concerned. Yeah. But normal beans like we should be growing, it does fine. Yeah. Yeah, so no how do you get the sickle out of that then if it 
come if it unhooks in the middle? Do you does it unhook and still pulls out the end of the head? Well, or that's a damn good question. Um, I, the truthful answer here is I don't know. Really? Uh, I didn't have to swap it out. Um, I have a spare one for it. And mine's not in the head cart. Um, I mean, I <laughs> I don't know where we swapped all that stuff, but we swapped. I swapped it all to Crary because I'm a Crary guy and it needed sickle sections and guards, so we took everything off. Well, then it was pretty easy. Yeah. So I put all new. I mean, odds on, are that, that probably unbolts the yeah, drive yeah, yeah, and then it, it pulls out the end, so you don't have to take everything yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to pull everything out. Yeah, but interesting. Uh, yeah, right. that part I see what they were going for there. I don't know that that was the best plan, but it didn't cause me any grief. Seems yeah. to be fine. Yeah, I think a lot of heads, whether it's a MacDon, any of it. I think a lot of guys don't take time to adjust them or they get oh, them adjusted improperly. Absolutely. And then they just walk away from it. this thing's junk. You know, where a deer is is pretty basic and there's no big adjustments to be made, you know. But, but even on your auger heads, like, you know, I can I can talk to five guys with 1020 Case IH heads from the mid-90s, mid-2000s, whatever, early 2000s. Oh, this one's, oh, mine sucks. Mine's awesome. Mine sucks. Mine's awesome. It's like, the same thing there's yeah. only one of two things that happened here either somebody hauled it to an auction here or there and they had it stacked on top of a disc on top of a field cultivator on top of a wagon and it got tweaked wrong yep or it's out of adjustment like you know and that, some of that comes back to was it set up properly by the dealer yeah. you know originally i think a lot of those heads probably leave and probably weren't right to begin with farmer a just puts up with it he trades it off and then it becomes somebody else's problem and then they're just frustrated and you ever stop to think how many guys, like you say, especially on an older machine where you can't do as much stuff from the cab, is think about tire sizes on a combine, mm-hmm. you know. And so this guy, he just picks up this platform yes. and, and you know, the pitch is all wrong on the feeder house and, yeah. you know, and they've never checked any of that. I just talked to Ryan Peters about that, Peter, about that uh, two weekends ago when we were on that bus trip. Yeah. He ran into that, you know, traded combines. This one set a little different. Took him a little bit to get it yep. squared up and it's good, yep. you know. On the older combines, and it, I mean, any rotaries really this way, I always want the ass setting up a little bit just to hold the crop in there. Yeah. You know, it always seems like they work better if the rear end's a little tall, you know. But, yeah, yeah a lot of that stuff, I think, is just poor adjustment. Like, back in the day, you know, some genius at Case IH came up with the inch-and-a-half cut, which is essentially a wall of steel that doesn't cut. Well, a lot of those got converted to three-inch cut. Well, if you don't swap a few other things around, they're running at the wrong speed. And a lot of those guys, oh, this thing still doesn't cut. Well, because it's not running at the right speed. You put it at the right speed like everybody else's, it's fine. Yeah. You know? But. Yeah, and I've always wondered, too, you know, every year I calibrate both heads on my combine when I get mm-hmm. out of the shed, even though them same heads have been on the same combine for three years now. Every yeah. year I still calibrate all that shit before I go to the field. And yeah. I, I don't ever have no trouble. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it comes down to that. What I have learned is owner's manuals are... They're a cryptic deal because a lot of guys are scared to death of those things. Like, I don't know yep. if there's if somebody opened one of those and their head exploded or what, but there is a ton of people yep. that... I think I mentioned that on TikTok, you know, and I probably got literally 150 messages from people all over the country when last fall I was talking about level the concave in your combine. Yeah. And I had guys that shot me messages that said, man, I've been fighting this thing for three years and I leveled the concave and it fixed it. Yeah. And it tells you right there. And the one guy even said, I'll be damn, it does tell you that. You know, like, yeah. yeah. It does. There's a, there's a lot of information in there if you, if yeah. you just thumb through it and look at it. Yeah. yeah. Even though they're three inches thick and there is an inch worth of safety shit, yes. there's still two inches worth of shit that is actually yeah. helpful. Can we make the safety shit a supplemental <laughs> pamphlet? Yeah. Like, so we can just chuck that thing and just have the information in there, you know, be so much easier. Yeah, it would.
Instead, we make all these other features a supplemental pamphlet, and it's like, just put all the safety shit in one thing that we're, none of us are going to look at and go on. Yeah. You know? It makes you wonder, you know? And, I mean, I even see it locally, and anything can happen. You know, in fact, this year, went to the field and shoot right out the gate. I broke an auger chain on the corn head, and yeah. no rhyme or reason. It was in adjustment. It just broke, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, I see guys that go to the field, and literally the first day have these major failures it's like there is no way you check that before that combine left the shed but the problem that you had there is no possible way yeah that's absolutely fact yeah yeah absolutely fact it uh i'll dick with our combine for a good two weeks just tinker with it here and they're not all day for two weeks but you know you work on it for two or three hours a day and check this and double check that and adjust this and have it in tip-top shape and seem to get along pretty good, you know. And you're always going to have stuff. You're going to have things here and there. I think the problem with a lot of that stuff is, you know, and this happens to everybody, but it's like, okay, we're we're kind of messing with the combine. We're not going to be in the field for a couple more weeks. We're piddling with this. We're checking that. Oh, shit, the neighbor's in the field. He tells me his corn's 18. I got to go. Doesn't matter what. how much yeah. more stuff hasn't been checked yet at this point. Yep. We were running it last year. It should be fine. Yep. It'll make it a day or two. It's going to rain. Then yep. we'll check it out. Yeah. And then never happens. Yeah. The season ends. It's like, you know, we never did get that fixed. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yep. we never did. And people think I'm full of shit, and this is God's honest truth. And, you know, we've always traded combines every five years. Now, this one we got, now that I've taken over, it's probably going to be around a while, which yeah. is fine. I like it. It's a nice combine. But even though trading every five years, I don't know if I've put a bearing on any of them combines in the last 15 years. I really don't know that I have. If I have, it's only been one or two somewhere yeah. goofy, but we just we don't have bearing problems. Yeah, I we mean, don't have much trouble with that. For the most part. I and now, granted, these are low-houred combines that I've ran. Yeah. You know, they ain't been wore out or whatever. Yeah. But still, I mean, I I just, we don't have much trouble. That's where I'm always torn one way or the other. You know, the, the trend amongst, amongst manufacturers is is to get rid of grease points. Because when you're looking at the service intervals and this, that, and the other, well, you know, 10 grease circs is way better than having 20. I'm like, yeah, for the guys that aren't greasing them. But I'm like... A bearing that you can grease, it gets greased properly. Like, how does it ever go out if it's getting greased with good grease timely? Yeah. Like, it almost right. can't, you know. But my complaint with some of the, you know, the seal bearings is, you know, Wuhan in China ain't really pumping them full, and the, the grease they are putting them in is, is shitty. Yeah. So I just assume they, uh, they'd be greasable at some level. Yeah, I don't want to get covered in grease in the morning and jack with all that like the time to do it's when you get done for the day but at that point in time you're ready to be done right and everything's filthy dirty and yeah. everything hot and then you do it in the morning you're like well now i need to go take a shower before i get in the combine yeah so i get all that but i don't know off the top of my head on our combine i mean if there's 10 they're probably not even that many 50 hours or you know there's a couple yeah. 400 but yeah there's probably not even 10 50s i mean it's probably more like six they've or seven they've pretty much reduced all that stuff off and i'm like at some level make them all greasable and give me an auto luber let it grease them for me and go on. But, you know, then you get guys in the argument, well, you know, okay, let's say the out auger on 2388. It's greasable. 10 hours, I think. Is that 10 hours of use? Is that 10 hours of swinging the auger? Because 10 hours of swinging the auger yeah. get me all the way through the exactly. season. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm pretty sure it's 10 hours of use. I know. I think it's 10 hours worth of, yeah. worth of swinging it. Okay. Yeah. You know. Right. Well, and some of that, it wouldn't matter if you, there's so few Zerks now, it wouldn't matter if you doubled them. Mm-hmm. It's still ain't going to take you. Basically, you can't run fuel in the combine fast enough. While it's fueling up, you can have the whole combine grease and then still jack around. And greasers, at this day and age, aren't near as big a deal now that you have wonky cordless grease guns. Like, 
back when you were hand pumping it with a lever and you basically got to have somebody hold the hose and somebody pump the grease gun. Like, yeah, grease yeah. are a pain in the butt. Yep. But now that had to be the number one thing for grease companies. They've had to triple the amount of grease they sell. Yeah. I know I use a hell of a lot more and I oh, grease stuff sure. pretty religious before, you yeah. know. I know when I was out on wheat harvest, those guys always told me they had a neighbor, and this would have been back in like the 77, 20 combine days. Mm -hmm. They had a neighbor. He was an old guy, and all he'd done was farm. He wasn't a custom harvester or nothing, but he was very particular, and he religiously watched the hour meter. Like if them were 10 hours irks, they said it didn't matter if he was halfway through the field. He stopped and greased everything, but they said at the end of the day, he didn't seem to have any yeah. less bearing trouble than anybody, anybody else. else. I yeah. mean, so. Yeah. The other thing about some of that stuff is like, Okay, you know, that's manufactured recommendation. Well, was that from a marketing standpoint? Was that from an engineering standpoint? Was that from a yeah, whatever standpoint? Or was that, you know, a rough guesstimate? You know, a lot of that stuff doesn't get tested. You know, they weren't out running S790s to 7,000 hours. Right. You know, yeah, they tested it. Yeah, it, it was fine in the first 1,500. Should be good. You know, so this is our grease interval. Well... Maybe it is, maybe it's Yeah, not. look at the bushels that come through. Just take a, a spot on the unloading auger. Look at yeah. the bushels that come through one now compared to a 6620. I mean. Exactly. And, I mean, that, that stuff, new models come out so quickly now. There's no way they tested that yeah, couldn't with be. thousands and thousands and thousands yeah. of hours. There's I mean, not they, enough hours in the calendar. No, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, and there's not enough season like to do that. But yes, they have test stands, and, yes, they run some of that, and that's all neat, and that's great, and that's a great way to learn. But that's not real world, yeah. you know. In twenty degree weather, you know, shelling corn, this, that, and the other, in a, in a light misting rain, like it just—it's not. You and know? I would and think the brand, fine, the brand and quality of grease would have a lot to do with it too. I yeah, mean, there's some shit grease out oh, there, absolutely. you know. So I don't know. Yeah, it makes you wonder where they come up with some of them numbers. People always look at that grease thing funny. I mean, we sell some some pretty high end grease for the most part, and it, it's funny how people look at that. I just had a buddy of mine argue with the other day. Oh. It don't matter what kind of grease it is on some of that stuff. I'm pushing grease out of that anyway. It, it doesn't matter. I can run crap grease in that. I'm like, I'm like, I can't think of a situation where shitty grease is better. Yeah. You know, I had a buddy of mine one time. He's like, yeah, kind of fell for this one grease deal and had it sitting on the dash of my truck and grabbed a tube and popped the cap and all the grease ran on the ground. I thought, huh. Well, it's not good to 120 degrees. I guess I don't need to put it in anything. Right. Like, well, of course, I couldn't because it was laying on the ground then. Yeah. He's like, I decided that maybe I need to go to something a little better. I'm like, yeah. Our standard procedure one. for wheel bearings, for whatever reason, is we've always ran that red lubrication engineer's grease. That shit, it's like yeah. real sticky, you know. Yeah. It's good grease. Yeah. It's expensive. But for whatever reason, when it comes to wheel bearings, we use that yeah. on wheel bearings than just use John Deere grease on a normal bearing, you know. I can tell you that good grease is worth every penny. Yeah. Cheap grease is more expensive in the long run. I can tell you that. Yep. We just actually, and it don't matter if all the years we ran rolling baskets or discs or disc blades, but I don't know, but we maintain stuff. You know, we keep it greased and we just. Some of that shit, I don't know that it matters. Like. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, right. it does matter. I shouldn't say it that way. But in a world of, I'll just call it, in a world of Chinese bearings, some are better than others and it's pretty random. And you could put two of the same bearings side by side, run with one with grease and one without, and you it's a crapshoot on which one's gonna go yeah. out first. Like yep. I've seen guys that are really, really religious about maintenance, et cetera, have a premature bearing failure on something. And I've seen guys that might as well have been running it underwater, 
get by a lot longer than they should have. Yeah. You know? But yep. a lot of it has to do with the quality of the Chinese steel right. that day and how much grease they put in it from the factory. And Yep. We bought that 512 deer chisel new in 08. It's a 17 and a half footer. And I would say, because we still run the old Glencoe with it or on bean stubble at the time. So it's, it's probably had five to 600 acres a year, every year since 08 on it. Yeah. Still got the original disc blades, got all the original bearings on it. Everything's tight. No issues there. I bought another 512 before harvest because we went to a bigger tractor so i went to a 22 and a half footer come from up north and uh it was in okay shape we went and looked at it i mean you could tell the displays were getting worn we noticed one bearing out on a corner you know and whatnot of course it was folded up and didn't have no tractor you know or whatever but just eyeballing right you know i got it bought right i mean well under the money so got it home well once we got unfolded i mean there were some bearings that were out you know which is fine i mean i I got a bar right you know no big deal there but it makes you wonder. I mean, there the one bearing that we knew was out on the corner. I mean, like the balls were completely. I mean, it was completely yeah. out. It's like you know, how could you run something that long? I mean, I don't know if the guy knew he was well, trading. Well, secret is Tony, don't look back. I guess, but no. God, what yeah. you want to do there is click your auto steer on, get on your phone, and just yeah. look forward. Yeah, <laughs> I want to revolutionize the ag industry. And I want to just be able to do a heads-up display on the windshield of your tractor from your phone so it's on big screen. There you go. Because you're not watching shit anyway. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Set it up to where you could swipe and wipe the windshield. Hell, by the end of the day, if you got a, we got a rag, you'll have the whole thing clean. You'll be watching all kinds yep. of stuff. Yep. Yep. I will admit this. You know, we bought that 9460R before fall. And prior to this one, we still got our 9234 wheel drive. But I'm, it's more of a row crop. You know, got 20.8 yeah. tires on it. You know, it's a small one. Not a lot of horsepower, but, you know, this has got the big tires on it and everything. Plenty of horse. And I will admit, it had been a long time since I'd ran a big four-wheel drive since back at the co-op days yeah. putting anhydrous on. But, God, that was nice. You know, got yeah. a big ripper on it. You can go to town, anhydrous. It rides better. Pulls good. You can never have enough horsepower in a four-wheel yeah. drive. And, you know, for spring, we're only going to have a 34-foot field elevator on it. You'll just be cruising on that. Yeah, exactly. And Yeah. You know, where do you draw the line on that? I mean, yeah, it could definitely handle something much, much bigger than that. But, hell, why go swapping everything around? You know, we bought it mainly for anhydrous and for ripping was yeah. our main thing, you know. Yeah. Shift up, throttle back. Yeah. Because a lot of that, you know, you get a bigger tractor, then you get a bigger tool, and now you're lugging and spinning yeah. and shit just as bad as you was. So, yeah. what's the difference, you know? Well, you're getting more done, Tony. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Yeah. But we got a neighbor up here that runs Sunflowers, and he's always been the same way, runs the same yeah. size we do, and you know, on big tractors and never, like you say, just throttle back and. Yeah. Well, you're way better off to have too big a tractor and a small tool yeah. than you are to have a small tractor and too big a tool. Yep. And then, then you can't really do much with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think anymore, if it was up to me, I'd probably have just a fleet of all four wheel drives and farm. Yeah. I'm just. I'm with you there. I, I don't mind front wheel assist. Like my planting tractor is a good tractor, but I think at the end of the day, if I had a nice 9230 that I could plant with, I think I'd just soon plant with a four wheel drive. All right. I don't know about planting with a four wheel drive because I haven't tried that necessarily. But I'll take if I'm going to the field for anything else, and I love my front wheel assist and they're nice. But I'd take my four wheel drive. Well, I do take my four wheel drive. Nobody else wants to climb all the way up there, and that's the way I like it. You stay out of that. That way, I know it was just the way I parked it, and that's fine. I know the first time I ever ran a four wheel drive was back at the co op days. It was a ninety three seventy Case International. And I had to move it from one plant to another and didn't have a tool on or another and just had to go yep. get the tractor and bring it home. And 
I remember when I first got on the road, I thought, man, this is awkward as hell, you know, and just the way it turned, you know, yeah. and backing up to shit. And the first day in the field, I thought, well, you know, this this ain't too bad once you catch on. After yeah. about the third or fourth day, it's like, holy shit. Yeah, you're not taking this away from me. Yeah, yep, that's the only way to go. Yeah. Fortunately, I mean, my dad and my brother have run our four-wheel drives a little bit, not near as much as I have, and, and that's fine. But it is interesting how different people view different things on four-wheel drives. Like, in my mind, a, a versatile, or an older versatile anyway, and even the, the blue versatiles after that, they drive back, bass backwards. They don't drive like a Case IH or a deer. I haven't spent a ton of time in a deer, but I've moved some here and there and a little bit, whatnot. They drive funny. You set low, like they don't they don't drive the same, and I'm sure you catch on to it and it'd be fine, but they drive different, you know? And I've been on all different walks of that now. Like, you hop out of a two plus two into a four wheel drive, like it's a different deal. You're yeah. instead of following, you're leading, yep. and that's fine. Um, then you have to put a case in the shop and I haven't spent any time in a field with one of those, but I've, you know, we've worked on several of them. It's like, huh, well, this is new. Oh, there's the tire shutter. And yeah. once it stops then I can go ahead and move, <laughs> you know, all that stuff drives different. It's all a little quirky and you got to get used to it. But once you spend a day or two in it, like you said, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? That 9370 that I ran, I liked the way that tractor was laid out. And that would have been back around the year 2000 ish, roughly that, they they knocked it out of the park on the, that deal. The one thing that sticks out to, in my mind that I absolutely loved on that tractor was the decelerator pedal. But yeah, you know the deer is just a dimmer switch, so it's yeah. either all or none. Where that one you could feather, you could feather it, it right where just you want to where to you wanted it. And man, that yeah. was nice. I wish yeah. they would go back to that on tractors. Yeah, well, in case I just still that way. Are they really? I think I haven't been in any super new ones, but last one I was in was that way. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now that that feature is nice to the point that. You use that so much, it's almost hard to hop out of one of them into it a front wheel assist, like back and forth, and so on and so forth. I remember after spending all fall in that, and of course, the way them were designed, you know, the windshield was like, looked like it was five feet in front. I mean, it was a long, I mean, you couldn't touch it, you know, just yeah. sitting normally in the seat. And I remember after getting out of that, jumping in a 7130 Magnum, it's like, holy shit, the windshield was like two inches from your <laughs> face, it felt like. You know? <laughs> I remember years ago, it, I was drilling with our 5288 International, and uh, one of the seals had started to blow right towards the end of spring on the drill, so you had to bump the lever here and there. And we're like a day from finishing, you know, we're not going to take the time to fix it now, we just keep bumping the lever. So I remember that day, you know, I, I'd been bumping it all day long, no big deal, and I got in my truck, and I, I fired it up, and I went about 100 feet, and I reached over to hit that lever and about threw my arm out of socket because yeah. there was no lever, and I did not need to do that. But you got so used to doing that through the day, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm driving my truck now. I don't need to do yep. that anymore. You know? Yep. I used to do that back in the old days, get in and stomp the floorboard looking for the clutch, you know. Yeah, yeah been there. <laughs> Wrong vehicle. Like, oh, I'm going to need some knee surgery now. I, yeah. Yeah, they need to put a fake clutch pedal in there for no reason, if nothing mm -hmm. else, just to hit it. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. You know, our Hestons growing up always had foot throttles. Mm -hmm. Well, then you hop on something that doesn't have one, it's like, well, shit. This isn't near as handy. Of course, back in the 80s, not a lot of stuff did. You know, on those Hestons, they had phenomenal brakes. So I always, always laid my left foot on the brake. Like, you didn't have to push. You just set your boot on there sideways, and that was enough, generally. Well, then you hop in a international or john deere and you're like oh shit well, you gotta hit the brake a little harder and you don't have the foot throttle and yeah you gotta get used to it yeah it's and all, all the 30 on. and 40 series deer when you hit the brake always make that crackling sound mm -hmm. 
whatever that is going on, but they I all do know, it. But it sounds like you just knocked the rear end out. Yeah, yeah. it does. I remember Grandpa's forty-two thirty when I was a kid done that, and I think every thirty or forty series deer I've ever been in, they make yeah. a crackling noise when you. And a lot of those tractors, like you push, and it doesn't do much, and then it starts pushing back at you. Yeah, and it's like like it's angry. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's all what you get used to. You know, at some level, you're better off to switch back and forth, so you're used to all of it. But yeah, but uh, yeah. It is nice. I don't know anymore. Is there a whole lot of difference between like a deer? I mean, does does like a case tractor still have the chrome? It was what a throttle with all your shit. Yeah, kind of like, like an old style hydrostatic. I haven't, combo. I haven't ran the super super new ones, but yeah, it's got a chrome handle with your remote like, functions on it and yeah. some gear shift buttons. I, I and, like that, in, yeah. which I like the deer controls too. But I like that in the case. I always thought that was a. New I never one. liked the tiny deer deer controls, like not to make Ryan mad, but an eighty four hundred is a fine tractor. That that's probably is probably one of my. If I had to pick a John Deere tractor that I could tolerate without vomiting. Uh, <laughs> for the sake of argument today but those teeny tiny little levers like i, I like the, the little bigger deal i like to have my hand on the throttle and, and the shifters right there but there again it's all what you get used to yeah you know i mean and it looks like everybody's going joystick now even deer's starting to do yeah, it I well assume. everything's going cvt for the most part yeah. and i assume case will have something similar i don't it, know if they it's do. just a matter of time before you put this little helmet on and you just gotta yeah. think about it and it'll it'll happen yeah but, uh yeah I will tell you this, though, for being at the farm show, and I think you and I and maybe even Chuck Weldon jumped up in that Fent tractor. Generally, any tractor on the planet, I can get in, and I could muddle my way through it to raise the implement up and get it turned around. I have no clue. I was all, all set that day to school you on that, and they've come out with a new console since I was in one. I'm like, yeah, I got nothing. I've never I seen got, so many buttons in my I've life. Got nothing. <laughs> that was unbelievable. And that goes back to my stupid universal symbols. I know we've complained about this on like 10,000 podcasts. But I was just complaining about that again today. I'm like, I am in the United States. Why do I? It, you know, this was on a on a screen. I'm like, you can do that any which way you want. It's just a software deal. In that thing, it's physical buttons, so you'd have to make different versions of buttons. So I can kind of understand that. But when it's software, just label the damn thing. Yeah, you know? I agree. Put what it is. It's not that hard. Yep. But yeah, but that thing has a shit ton of buttons. Like I told you, the one I was in. I think would be easier to learn at night. Yeah, that's what you said, everything. Because it lights up different colors. Yeah. You know. And it sounds like everybody, I think the new deers are this way. You just hook the hydraulic hoses up. If they're backwards, mm-hmm. you change it in the cab, all that stuff, which is Same a cool way feature. With the fan. Like, if you're used to running number one remote all day long and you want to move your three-point to number one remote, that's what you do. Yeah. Which would be nice. Um, the nice part, I think, about the fan deal is I think all Agco platforms now have the have common controls. So if you can run a interrogator, in theory, you can run the tractor. Gotcha. Whatever. Yeah. I think. I haven't been in all of those, but I think that's what they went with, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I'd like to try a Fent tractor. I've heard nothing but good things about them, and people seem to really like them. The one that I ran was, was badass. It was an animal. I now, what, what's them got for a motor? A man. A man. Man, yeah. I think your dad mentioned that today, didn't he, on something? Or no, we was talking. somebody was telling me about trucks over in can't remember now if I see that. I think they use that engine in trucks in Europe, maybe. Yeah, because somebody was talking about I think. man trucks, wherever yeah. they was. i tell you what it was. It was the other night when I was down my Uncle Jim's there. I'd take him his cake for payment on the 4010. <laughs> and uh, he was telling, 
some of the traveling they'd done, whether it was Africa or they'd been to Israel, I forget where, we kind of traveled all over a little bit. And he was, that's what it was. He yeah. was saying the trucks, M-A-N-N, I yeah. think is how it's. And, I think, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah. that's what it was. I mean, it didn't run any RPMs, but it would it would get the job done. I was I was pretty impressed with that part of it, I will just say. I couldn't get used to that in our 9460R, so this fall I I done that deal where you, you know, it's, it's not an IVT, but you can take your little thumb wheel and dial yeah. the RPMs down, but yeah. maintain the speed or whatever. And boy, that, it just don't seem right to me. It doesn't know? seem right. I will agree. <laughs> I tried it in both modes. You can rev it wide open. Right. That's but where it, I did it. Right. It, doesn't, I just, it doesn't do anymore, so I just let it, you can put an auto and let it do its thing, and it runs like 1300 and fast idle, basically, and, and goes on. But, the, uh, and the thing that got me was I got to watching on the monitor in there run, you you could monitor the fuel or whatever. Yeah. And I was burning exactly the same amount of fuel because I might run it for two or three hours on the yeah. whatever mode you want to call it where it throttles it back. Yeah. And I forget what the number was, but and then I would switch over to just be running it wide open, you know, run it that way for two, three hours. Wouldn't hardly ever change. Maybe a tenth of a gallon here or there, but it never, so it's like, well, hell, I just run it wide open. I considerably better in auto, is a thing. Yeah, and it was pretty good on fuel for as much power as it had. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of complaints with that. Of course, I hadn't spent a ton of time in super, you know, like brand new caser or deer stuff. But the GPS on it worked good. Like you, you know, I was skip passing because I only have seven shank ripper on or whatever. Man, you you get a part way into your turn, hit the button, it'd pull right back in, nice and square and good. I was I was well well pleased in all of it. Like it did a nice job. It's a nice tractor. I know this stuff's designed this way now because that's the way it runs. But do you think that's where a lot of these engine problems come from now? Is they're not winding these diesels up and lugging them, or are we just backwards thinking that that's the way we think well, they should run? Because that's the way we've always run them. That's the way we've always run them, and so I think we're thinking about some of that. Honestly, ninety percent of their problems now is stupid emissions shit. Like that kills them more than anything. But they do it for fuel consumption. They don't wind them up as much. And, you know, as growing up a red guy, like, they probably got a little carried away running their stuff too fast compared to most companies. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, generally speaking anymore, like, do you hear about any engine failures that weren't some weird freak deal? Right. Either, either emission stuff went to shit or it was a freak deal. Right. Like, you don't hear about a ton of. No, you don't seem to. If you do, it's like, oh, Crap, we, they, you know, like deer a few years ago, we made this hole a little bit bigger. Oh, shit, they break crankshafts left and right. We never, yeah. you know, it never happened in testing, but it does now. And they solve it and they go on. You don't see a ton of engine failure now. Like, of course, a lot of that stuff isn't super old yet, but in my opinion, where you see engine failure stuff and the newer stuff is, we designed this and then we put Billy Joe Jim Bob in in charge of cost reducing it as much as he could so we could make a few more coins. And, well, you know, these O-rings we picked for the sleeves, turns out they just ain't worth a shit. And we knew what we should have used, but we could get these other ones for three cents cheaper per hundred. Yeah. And so we're going to make the three cents instead of you. And, uh, well, now we got an O-ring problem. Or, you know, that's usually where that stuff gets screwed up is, is in cost reducing of that, in my opinion, from a little bit I see of it. But I guess nowadays, what's the big deal on nitpicking something that's that expensive 
that much, you know, because it's like at the end of the day, it's like just put the good quality shit on there. If it costs another ten grand, I mean, what the hell's the difference on a five hundred thousand dollar tractor? Margins, margin though. I, I mean, it, you know, that bumps you into the next category of, you know, you, you can't if you can't compete on price. Like Buddy and I were just talking about this today on on pellet smokers actually. And he's like, well, this one used to be made in America and it was badass, but they're too high compared to everybody else's Chinese one. Okay. He's like, then they started making them in China, and they lowered their price a little bit, but they're still not price competitive, but their quality's not as good. So now they're stuck in the middle. They're not as good as they should be, but they're still overpriced. I'm sure they're making good money on them, but their sales really dropped off because, well, if I'm going to buy a shitty one, I'll just buy the cheap one. Yeah. You know, and that's where everybody's, oh, you can't build stuff over here because, you know, people want this. They want the cheaper price. I'm the opposite. Yeah, I'll pay for quality. I'll pay for quality. You you find me the American-made one that's going to last like it should. And I'll take that one. But in 90% of the stuff anymore, you can't even find that. Like, yeah. it doesn't exist. Yeah. You know? People, shit ain't built here now because of the fucking regulations on the lawyers is why it ain't built uh, Well, here. true. And, yeah, all the regulation. That's for damn sure. I, would, I just saw a couple of TikToks today, and I knew this was the case, but it's frustrating to get reminded of it. There's a company that's advertising, you know, American-made flags from all ma- American-made materials made in America. I'm like, that shouldn't even be a thing. <laughs> yeah. How sad is it that most of your flags aren't made in America? Yeah, like, it's awful. And it's no wonder you go through one every two days. Like, it's just infuriating. And, and hats off to this company for, for seeing a need and fulfilling it. I'm going to order a couple tomorrow. But that's a stupid problem to have. Yeah. You know, like if we can't make our own flags. Right. What can we make? Right. You know, as far as talking about the quality, now this is going to be a bad example because I don't know exactly where they're made, but it would be no different if you took a Honda four wheeler and had it set in here for sale versus yeah. some knockoff yeah. Roku Chinese, whatever. Yeah. Guess what? I'm going to buy the Honda because it's yeah. quality. You know, exactly. I, I have no issue paying for quality. And at the end of the day, you're going to pay for it either upfront or it's going to. Where I think a lot of companies fall short on that deal is like, they want to be the the best, quote unquote, quality wise, but they also want to be price competitive. So they end up compromising, which is compromises how stuff gets done half ass, and so we back the quality down to try to be more competitive on price. Well, now we got something that's maybe a little better quality, but it's enough higher in price. It's like, well, shit, I can buy two of these Roku whatevers, four wheelers for the price of this one Honda. Well, shit, if it lasts. You know, I'll just take that one, you know, and if I got to buy another one down the road, I do. We don't account for inflation and, yeah, you know, Biden inflation and all that. But, yeah. but, uh, I'd rather have the quality stuff. Yeah. That, same, but same maybe that's just me. I mean, but it's tough to find anymore. It doesn't matter if you're buying a flag, a four wheeler or a yeah, call you know, four, sweeps, four whatever. wheel drive. Yeah. yeah that, just, you know, at some point in time, like you, you see that slogan and I'm going to mess it up now, but like the. The satisfaction of a cheap price goes away as soon as, as soon as the quality goes to shit or something breaks on you or whatever. I don't remember the exact quote, and I'm like, yeah, that's true. Like, you got this smoking deal until it quits. Then you're like, well, I'd rather give the next or ten percent for, for one that was good. Yeah, it's but, no different when I was shopping for little tractors and bought that little John Deere there a year ago. Yeah, I could have went to Rural King and literally bought an RK brand for, yeah. I don't know, ten thousand dollars cheaper, but. I didn't want it because I, yeah. I, I haven't even walked up and looked at one, but I don't think I need to. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I do think, not sticking up for them, but I think they learned their lesson on those early ones, and I think they have solved some of that now, possibly. But, yeah, you're exactly right. It's like 
And to me, parts and service is worth a lot, too. It, it is. I can call it John Deere either. And I think they learned their lesson on that somewhat as well. But there again, once you get burned, once you're, once the once the word is out, quote, so to speak, it's hard to recover from that. It is. You know, it's hard to recover from that. It, to the point, like, you might have to switch the brand name or at least the model number and, and some other things and, and try to rebuild starting over, like... I don't know, you know, the major brands, well, I'll just use their sideline products, okay? Deer, Case, Ico, whoever. You know, let's say they're making, let's say they're making a head carrier, whatever it is. Well, they've got clout in the fact that it's name brand, quote unquote. And it might not be any better than anybody else's, but they've also been there for 100 years, so we're going to go with that over company A, B, C, D yeah. because, well, maybe theirs is better, but maybe they won't be there. I mean, that's a fine line to to walk. And I, there's a ton of sideline side line companies that are 10 times better than the big three sure. for, in their niche market. Right. You know, but, and then you, then you get into the whole mud discounts and the volume and the, throwing all this stuff together. And that's a whole separate topic, but yeah. But, uh, I mean, if you look for years, and I'm talking in the 80s or when we were kids, the only decent four-wheel drive loader tractor you could get back then was a Kubota. I mean, Case and them, their loader tractor, they didn't have very many front-wheel assists in this area. They, were, no. they weren't, they were but, you know, Kubota always had a, a good hold in the little utility I, tractor. IH was not strong in the, in the uh, utility market, for sure. And, yeah. and maybe there's a reason. Maybe they don't want to be. I, you know, I don't know. I but, don't know why you wouldn't want to be. But, yeah. I mean, that's got to be yeah. a... But Kubota's a good example. Like, they had a, a tough road to hoe initially. They got known for their quality. And then some of that has probably regressed a little. But I think where Kubota kills it, on a side note, is if you walk in and you got 50 bucks a month, Jim walks in, he's got 150 bucks a month. Bill walks in and he's got 50 grand cash and $500 a month. They're going to send you out with a tractor. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yep. You're not going to get as many features as he is, but they've got enough models. Like, that's always been the way. I talked to a lot of case dealers over the years that were dual dealers, deer dealers that were dual dealers. Not very many of them because most of them aren't. But And they're like, well, the difference is their peak is, a, is similar to ours. But they've got five models below that. And if, if you don't really need this feature... And you don't have the extra hundred bucks a month because a lot of that shit's a monthly deal on your small stuff. Well, here we'll send you out with this X Y Z series, yep. and you'll be fine. Yep, you and know? that's why Deer and a lot of them had to come out with so many more models because yes. Kubota and them already set the standard. Exactly, and, you see that now with Deer. We got a yep. premium. We've got this. We've got that. Yep. Like, like, yeah, they and learned, they, they, they learned from told that. me because when I bought my little forty forty four M, I was wanting an R series of which the next mm-hmm. one was a forty fifty two R is the next one up because and the only difference is it's got a turbo on it yeah fifty two horse versus forty four, but they didn't have any. This was through the whole COVID mess or whatever, and but anything on the you can take anything off the R series and put it on the M series if yeah. you want to which pay is to smart upgrade. on their part yeah but th- that's what we got to talking you as we was asking how why they had so many and this and that and they said it was it all revolved around Kubota they had to compete with. Kubota and all that it, shit. Exactly. It's no different than you can buy a F-150 XL, XLT, Lariat, King, King Ranch, Ranch yep. Platinum. Like, the automotive stuff has kind of drifted over into the into the tractor world now. 
But I still say the day's got to be coming where you're going to buy one basic model with whatever engine, mm-hmm. and they're going to tune the horsepower and give you all the options through the software. Yeah. That's what it'll be. I mean, wouldn't that be an easy way to streamline it? Well, yeah. I think they're going to go to subscriptions on that of some fashion. But, like, on the smaller stuff, it always irritates me. Like, they always package all that stuff up. Okay, so let's say you're Joe Livestock Farmer, and you need a tractor with a badass loader, front-wheel assist, Good hydraulics, and that's about it. You don't need draft control. you got a bail carrier on the back. No reason for draft control in that. What's that option cost? You can't delete it out of the package. It's, it, it comes with every model. You know, don't need it. Never going to use it. Never even going to think about using it. It's probably going to cause you some trouble. You're probably going to spend some money on it. But you don't need it. You're never going to use it. Like, in my mind, they, they do these packages ass backwards. Like, sell me the hay model. And the hay model doesn't have some of the shit on it that I don't need for if I was john q european farmer where i'm out plowing with a 125 horse tractor 125 horse tractor i'm never going to plow with that in the midwest yeah not even going to think about plowing with it in the midwest don't we're not plowing and we're damn sure not taking 125 horse to a gunfight yeah like not going to happen eliminate some of that shit but i mean you see it in pickup trucks too like okay you want heated seats well now all of a sudden you've got cameras galore this that and you you got ten thousand options that come in this package that you may or may not need, that you're probably never going to use, that you're probably not going to read the owner's manual to figure out how to use exactly to begin with. Isn't know? that Tesla or one of them companies now? It's a subscription for heated seats. i seen that on TikTok. It was yeah, one probably, of the, probably Ranger Battery did. Yeah, and it may not have been Tesla. Maybe it was Mercedes. One of them, it was now yet to subscribe. It was a monthly fee for heated seats. Oh, sweet. Well, I guess that saves you the money in the summer. I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I appreciate all those options at some level, but some of that shit I, ju- I just flat ass out don't need. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, they're getting these cabs too cluttered in here. There's so much shit in them. It's like so much stuff. In them. Stop. Yeah. I mean, well, like I said, there again, if I'm haying with this tractor, if I'm you know choring with it and I'm scooping manure with it and this that and other, there's a lot of that stuff that I flat don't need, but it's in there. And I, you know, if I want the the turbo. So I've got enough power to do all this stuff. Well, now I get all these other options that I probably don't need, you know. But that's the way it's packaged, so you're going to get it. And, you know, when it quits, even though you're not using it, it kicks an error code that you get tired of screwing with. So you got to have that fixed. And that, that's the frustrating part for me as a on both sides of it, from the mechanic side to the farmer side. Like, it, it just some of that you just don't want or need. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, semi-trucks are, sounds like, ten times worse than the, the ag industry. I mean, God, the guys yeah. I talk to, it just, yeah. that's all it is. It's yeah. just codes and. Codes and codes and codes. Yeah. D-rate, D-rate. Yeah. Yeah. All over a def quality sensor or something stupid like that that should literally never go bad. We shouldn't be on there to begin with, but that's a whole other topic that we've covered several times. But, but yeah, I don't know. The, uh. In my mind, for like for a, for a manure scraping tractor around a dairy lot, like just give me the basics. Give me a front axle that never causes me a nickel worth of trouble. That's completely oversized. And a, a lot of them th- guys would just as soon do away with all the electronic shit. Give me something with yeah. steel linkage. Yes, I want something that's dependable every day in twenty-two below weather. Yep, something that starts that, good. Yep, you know I'm going to be having it in manure, mud, everything else. I yeah. don't need all these wires ripped off. I just want steel linkage. Yeah, you want to give me an option. Give me an engine that starts good normally anyway, but also give me a grid heater and a glow plug button that I can push for when it's like it is now. So in the morning, 
I don't have to have it plugged in for 19 hours, so it'll start run like it should, you know. But they don't apparently know I must be in the minority because they're not doing it that way. <laughs> I, I guess I probably don't run in the right circles, or I don't even see it on TikTok. But is construction equipment just as bad with the sensors and the Oh, bullshit? my gosh, yes. Is it? I talked to a construction guy. It's been it's been a couple years ago now, and he was a big construction guy. And I forget how many pieces of equipment he told me he had. It was, let's say, 150. And he told me, he's like, Nick, there hasn't been a day in the last five years where all 150 of those pieces of equipment would run. No kidding. Not one day. One of them was always down with an emissions issue. At least one day the entire five years. Like, I just talked to a guy the other day about the same thing, actually. We were having this exact same conversation, basically. He said, where we really screwed up is, I think he was talking big articulated dump trucks. I think is what he was talking about. And uh, I don't remember now, but I think that's what he told me. He's like, we made the biggest mistake we've ever made. He's like, we traded them. We bought five brand new ones. Biggest mistake we ever made. He's like, because now when one goes down, just get your watch out because the other one's going down too. Really? He's like, so now they all need the same shit at the same time. He's like, we should have traded one, waited six months or a year or whatever. He's like, it was a great move at the time because we had a job. We needed them all. We start off with all this good shit, and that's great. He's like, but now they all need all that same shit all the time at the same time. He's like, what you got to plan for a little bit budget-wise, like you got to keep some cash back because that shit's going to happen, and there you go. So he's like, I think he had three of them down when I talked to him. You know, he's like, now I got three of them sitting in the shop God. trying to get them fixed. Like, and, and that's the most frustrating part to me is it's this $5 sensor somewhere buried in all this shit. Yeah. It's hanging the whole show up. You yeah. know, it's one thing you break the crank and here, you know, it's yeah. like, well, okay, I guess whatever. But yeah, now I'm down a O2 sensor that's buried underneath 10 hours worth of work, yeah. you know, that shouldn't be on there to begin with. Yeah. Well, that's the frustrating part. But that's the world we live in. Eventually, it'll come back around. Eventually, we'll break ourselves on stupid shit. Yeah. And uh, it'll come back around. We won't be able to keep any of it going or working or this, that, and the other. And the world will reset, and we'll have to start over and work our way back. Because we're really the only country that gives two shits about any of that. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Nobody else is doing that. Yeah. You know. And I mean, have no intentions of doing no. that. No. I mean, there's a few European companies that are, that are worried about it, but. Your big major players, China, could give two shits yeah. less. Russia, they're, they're like, yeah, so our choice is smokes a lot and runs forever, or doesn't smoke and breaks a lot. Yeah, we'll take smokes a lot and runs forever for one hundred, yeah. Alex. That's fine. Yeah. We don't give a shit. Our smoke blows over somebody else's country eventually, anyway. Yeah. We don't care. Yeah. yeah, India and them places, they don't care. They don't care. I mean, they're running shit from the nineteen forties and fifties. Now, mm-hmm. you know, the shit that we had in the eighties would be a ginormous upgrade yeah. to them guys. Yeah, they're I just mean, glad if they have a starter on it. Yeah. I don't have to crank this by hand. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, my uncle was telling me when he was down in Haiti there or something on some mission trip. You know, it was an eye opener for him because he's the same way. You know, he hadn't traveled the world a lot until the last few years once they've been kind of semi retired or whatever. But he said uh, there was a spot down there where the entire town, I think it was in Port au Prince there, brought all their junk and garbage and everything and just threw it in this ravine just right yeah. there on the edge of town. Just threw it. I mean, you know, said the cemetery was just full. And then every spring when the monsoons come and hurricanes and all that bullshit. Yeah, it washes it away. Wash it all right out in the ocean and we start over again, you know. Yeah. They don't give a shit. They don't care. Yeah. 
we'll regulate ourselves into inefficiency at some point. And yeah. we're we're teetering on it now. I was say we're getting close now. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a sad state of affairs from that regard. And I guess at the end of the day, we're our own worst enemy because we all kept buying this stuff. If we would all just stop the 2388s yeah. and 9650s and just paid the income taxes and not upgraded. Yeah. You know, they they'd eventually get the writing be on the wall. They quit building this shit because they ain't selling it. But yeah, some of this, I mean, some of that shit wears out. I mean, there's always going to be that. Yeah. Guy. The frustrating part to me is, and there we've touched on this before, and not that I want them to have to have it, but you don't see the top tier, the elite. They're flying around in planes that don't have any of that shit. Yeah. U.S. military ain't running. U.S. Death. military ain't running that shit. You know, they're still buying. Mechanical, you know, direct injected coming shit for generators on up. Like, yep. they're not running that shit. And I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not one to put lives in jeopardy. I'm not No, I'm that. not. But let's take ambulances and fire trucks, for example. Like, I kind of want those to run. They they buy those with emissions now, but I I think they finally passed a deal on that now where they can they can delete them now because they... Yeah. Once again, the government, they can delete all their yeah. shit. They're going to take it. They take a uh, perfectly good fire truck out of service in five years because they can't afford to keep the emission shit going. And they're just driving around aimlessly throughout the day so it can burn off on the off chance they get a fire call because, well, now I'm I'm derated. I'll be there in a minute. It's going to take us a little longer, you know. So they're they're letting them get around some of that. But, yeah, it, like I said, I don't want them to have to have that. But think of that thousands and thousands well it's millions of dollars that get absolutely just blown away for no reason on that yeah think what a new a new one-ton truck could sell for without that shit you know how many sensors and wiring harnesses are in landfills now mm-hmm. off of two-year-old trucks that would have yeah. never been there 10 years ago because it wasn't even on the vehicle then yeah exactly and, and we could keep crawling down this rabbit hole we've touched on it before but it's super frustrating that it's it's your classic do as I say, not as I do, and uh, this is good enough for you, but not good enough for me, and we're gonna keep shoving this shit down your throat, all because we own company A, B, C, Y, D, and X, Y, Z, and we're gonna push this regulation bullshit on you, even though we all know it's a farce, but and eh, whatever, we'll make some money off of it, and you guys go on, you know. Yeah. We're seeing the same thing with solar panels, windmills, like the list goes on and on and on and on. Like, and that's the problem with America being too prosperous. We have too much money to piss away on dumb stuff. Yeah. At a lot of levels. That's we true. don't even have the money, but we have the illusion of money. We, we just keep printing it, which is a whole other topic. But we just keep printing it under the illusion that we have it so that we can, we're going to save this and we're going to save that. I like a list of the shit projects that we've actually went after with literally trillions of dollars at this point, for sure billions. Have we solved any of those problems? I mean, we've been on the war on drugs for years. Oh, that's all the rage when we were little kids in school? Yeah, I mean, far as I can see, we ain't winning that one. It looks yeah. like we're... we're and so finally we threw in the towel and just legalized it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the most part. Exactly. I'm like, well, we're like, well, shit, we've pissed away $20 <laughs> billion on this in the last six months. I guess we'll legalize it, you know, tax it now. Now, that's our solution now, yeah. legalizing tax from that regard. But it doesn't matter if it's global warming, which we we had to say, shit, it's negative 21 outside. Now it's climate change, mm-hmm. which, and I'm going to go off on a quick sidebar here. I think a lot of that comes down to 
dare I say, lack of faith in, in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fact that we think we can control all this yeah. as a society, which we can't, yeah. but we can't go with the fact that there's a higher power. So yeah. we're going to claim that we're going to save the world doing this, and most of it just comes down to money. That's all We, we started a company, and we're going to find a way to fund that company very well by regulation of forcing you into doing something. You know, if I tell you tomorrow, hey, Tony, your van has to be painted blue, and I coincidentally sell blue paint. You know, you get, it's got to be painted this shade of blue, and I'm the only guy that sells this shade of blue paint. Well, guess what? My bottom line looks pretty good. My Christmas is happening pretty nicely, you know. And that's where we are in all this stuff. And it comes down to the global redistribution of wealth. Absolutely. Just now they got to the tax the piss out of our emissions mm-hmm. and give it to these third world countries that just, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just it's, yeah. all it is a giant money trail. Round and round we go. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. It is. So sad. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess it is what it is. We'll uh, we'll keep complaining about it, but yeah. probably won't get it solved. Yeah. No, just, we won't get it solved. I if, if they just listen to us, we get, we could take care of it. If I could go back to any point in time, I would have probably liked to have grown up in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably when America was at its true prime, you know. Yeah. I mean, everybody was prosperous. Yeah. Things were rolling good. Technology was finally getting around it was, it was you rolling know. on but you still had freedom to yep. do what you wanted to do yeah nobody got their feelings hurt every 15 seconds yeah yeah boys were still boys girls were still girls yeah what a glorious time nobody looked like they fell in a tackle box yeah when you looked at their face they didn't have a bunch of shit shoved in their face here and there yeah yeah i really think that's where technology has set us back because it's took the human factor out of just simple human interaction. What's your kids? Yeah, exactly. They just... They'd rather text their friends and talk to them. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's... And I'm not saying, you know, Mike, I'm just saying... Yeah, they're just kids in general. Kids, yeah. you know, in this generation. Like, they lack the ability to, inter- to interact. Like, I went to the homecoming coronation there. Yeah, I was there. Ago. Yeah. Yeah, you were there. It's like those kids that never talked to a girl before. Yeah. I'm like, COVID's over, bud. You can get a little closer than that. Yeah. So nope. basically is what this was at the school. It was for the, like, here we don't do the prom king and queen. It's for the homecoming, you know, so yeah. big basketball game. Then after that, you have this coronation. And so yep. you got, what is it? There's two boys and two girls from freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, all the way up through. And then yeah. the, I think the students vote yeah. on who the king and queen yeah. will be. It's only among seniors for the king and queen. And there was like, I don't know, four couples Yeah, from the from the senior class, whatever yeah, it was. Something like that. So nonetheless, they king the king, or they crown the king and the queen, and they and then everybody's yeah. filing off of the stage down onto the gym floor, and then they're going to dan- have their first dance, you yeah. know, quote, unquote, to this song or whatever. And Nick and I was laughing because they literally, it's like they were, there was two feet between yeah. the guy and the girl, and they didn't they didn't even spin a circle. They, no. just, they just stood there and just bobbed back and forth side to side. Yeah, my brother and I were and, talking about this, and... I'm going to sound old here, but you were there too. I'm like, apparently they didn't have any sock hops, sock hops back in the day, and which I realize is an old school term, but dances that younger kids could go to, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, these these people have clearly never done this before. No, not even close. No, not even close. Like, they obviously have not done this before. Yeah. I, I, I laughed that whole night. I'm like, my God, this is... Yeah. yeah. They, it looked Amish. It's like they didn't know what to do. They just, yeah. they just like, stood there. Yeah. It's I like, mean, yeah. I'm like, 
I, I don't want to tell you guys, but you're doing it wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is not how this goes. Yeah, it's going to take you years. I'm like, at this rate, you guys won't start repopulating until you're 55. Right. right. I, I didn't expect it to be a dirty dancing. Yeah, theme I don't hear you that. Know, I, by any stretch yeah. of the means, but. What they were doing was not even close to dancing. Yeah, they literally really close. were yeah. just bobbing back and forth from left yeah. foot to right foot. Yeah. Very, very slowly. Yeah. And it was weird. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I've seen more movement from a scarecrow on a still day. Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't like it was just one couple. I mean, it was all, it was of, all, of, them. all of them. It was all of them. Yeah. Yep. You could have fit a beach ball between any of them, which, yeah. you know, I, having a daughter, I can appreciate, I guess. I hope it stays that way at some level, I guess, but. Yeah, times yeah. have changed. Yeah. Shit wasn't like that when it we was, were in yeah. school. No, it was not. No, it was not. Yeah. I've said it before, though. I'm so thankful that I did grow up when I did because we caught the tail end yeah. of, I guess, what I would call the old school yeah. ways. And I and I don't mean to make this sound like all kids today are just worthless no, and bad absolutely kids. absolutely not. I'm not saying I don't mean that. that. I know there's tons. I'm not saying of, that. And some of it's just product of environment. Like, they just yeah. don't know any better. Yeah. Right. You know, we didn't have cell phones to record all the dumb shit we did. Yeah. Thank goodness. Thank God. Yeah. But now, I mean, yeah, we would. I yeah. mean, we would have recorded it, you know. And maybe that's why there's a reduction in some of that. I don't know. But yeah, it, uh, it's a different world out there. But if you, if you just look at the technology that we got to see just from regular TV, three channels into cable TV, into satellite TV, into internet. Yeah. VCRs. I mean, hell, I remember when we first got our got our first VCRs as a kid. It was like yeah. revolutionary. Yeah, absolutely. And then <laughs> and then you were scared to death you're going to wear it out, so you had to buy a rewinder. Yeah, exactly. You, <laughs> yep. you won't wear that VCR out. Yeah. You know, that thing's like two hundred bucks yeah. back then, or whatever it was. It was right per considering what you made back then. It was expensive. Oh, for sure. You know, now you it, can buy it one would for be, like twelve dollars. It but. would be interesting if you walked out to the school today and asked anybody that's in high school if you just walked up to them and said. Be kind, rewind. It's and if, if they would have a clue what that no, meant. They, you no, know. they wouldn't, Tony. Anybody and that's, that's our and that's age, why or... blockbuster no longer exists. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that was stamped on everything. Be kind, rewind. I, I mean, so in our generation, in our time, taking on a VHS rental pl- spot in small town America was what gambling machines are today. Exactly. In our day, like every little mom and pop, anything. Got twenty five movies in. They were renting movies in the corner of their of their showroom. Yep. yep. Didn't matter if it was a restaurant, gas station, whatever. Like everybody was trying to get a piece of that pie. Yep. Where now it's like, well, shit. We'll just put a casino over there. And yep. uh, it's, I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Like, no, uh, that, maybe that, I am. But they're using the same square footage of of store space to make money in a very different way. But th- that's how much it's changed, you know. And it makes you wonder. And it might be another 10, 15 years because this whole gambling deal in Illinois has just been legalized in, what, the last seven, eight, nine years, whatever yeah. it's been, roughly thereabouts. But, you know, give it another 20 years. Yeah. That'll probably be so common then that it'll yeah. start going by the wayside and then something else Some, will something replace new, that square something footage. New, something new will come out or people will just be doing it from their phones and they'll never leave their house. Right. You know. Yeah. But it it is interesting to see all that comes to fruition, like. Every every business that had some wall space, oh, had, had, for sure. had some racks with VHS tapes on them, and they did. Nothing more disappointing than you get there and it, it's gone. You know, yeah. you just put the tape behind the the right the, the cardboard cover. Yep. Damn it, it's gone. Yeah, when's that coming back? You go talk to the guy. Oh, yeah, that rental's due in here. You know, by three o'clock or whatever, whatever the time was, five, yep. whatever it was. It's like oh, it's four fifty two. 
Yeah. We'll sit here and we'll wait. You know? And it was funny if a really good popular movie come out, like let's just take the new Top Gun, for example. Then they'd have 10 of them. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you'd go into the big stores in Effingham, yeah. you know, like a family video or whatever, I mean, they might have 30 of them. Well, you remember you when know? CNM remodeled yeah. that deal? Like, that yep. was an entire strip mall dedicated to that. And that was like a, a mecca of yeah. all things digital at the time. And just, a, you know, really nice facility or whatever. Now it's like five other stores. They haven't sold a video in there and right. or rented a video in there in shit, probably 20 years now. But Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the same way with when CDs come out. Yeah. How when it got to the end of the song, you could just hit the button and just instantly replay the song. You'd have to rewind it and yeah. make sure you stopped it at the right spot and fast forward just a little bit to get it back. I remember to the GM had, right. the, had the old radio with the cassettes and it automatically flipped to the, yeah. to the B side. Yep. What a great thing. You didn't have to eject it, flip it over, yeah. push it back in like it auto auto did that. And that was that was something to have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. One thing about cassettes though, I mean you did occasionally screw one up, but it didn't skip either. Like Exactly. Nothing's worse than getting your favorite a scratch in your favorite C D. I couldn't tell you the last time I put a C D in anything. Mm. I mean it's been two years ago we got ready to go on vacation. I went down to the basement to get something and my old C D case was sitting there. Yep. I come back out to the truck. I threw that in. I was like, what are you going to do with that? I'm like, oh, we're going to kick it old school in this truck. Yeah. So we CD'd it for a long time. My kids were so appalled because it was all old. You know, right. I, was, right. I haven't burnt a CD in yeah. 20 years. You know, So it was all stuff that they, they have never heard. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we're ripping it out. And Kelly and I are having a great time with it. They were not having a great time. But I left it in the truck. I still drag them out here and there. I guess would it, uh, like if I went and bought a new truck today just off the lot, would it have a CD player or... Have they? Have we got past that even now to where they don't even offer CD players? Now? I don't know that they do. They probably don't. I mean, they probably don't. Yeah, I, I don't know that they do. Yeah, now it's all auxiliary and run your iPod. You remember when Laserdisc came out? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> that didn't last very long. We never had one. Buddy of mine had one. And I'm sure the quality on it was great, but he only owned like three of them, and then it discontinued the right the deal or whatever. You could. The one get, thing that I'm not familiar with, or maybe I am and don't know it was when they always had the infomercials, like, of a night, and it would be, just take a Garth Brooks, for example, you know, and this commercial would just go on and on playing his songs, and you it would tell you how to order that cassette or CD, you know, at the yeah. end, call this number, whatever. But they always said CD, cassette, and LPs, yeah. you know, which LP was what, long play, I think is what they called that or something. But I don't know exactly what an LP is. I I mean, I'm... Or maybe I do, and I, I just didn't I, realize that that's what I it was I guess I don't know. I, I assumed it was a record, but... but I, I, maybe it is. I don't know. I, I, I'm i not going to say, because I'm yeah. not an authority on that. Right. I don't know. But whatever it was, I... Did you ever tape a penny to that little card and order your 10 Columbia House CDs? No, I didn't. No. That's how I built my original CD collection. Of course, what you find out later is it's like $45 in shipping every right. two days. Right. But uh, that's how you can get a lot of CDs quick. Tape your penny to that. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that, the old Columbia house. So my wife and I just went to Nashville last weekend. Topic for another time, but a bunch of the, one of the cool things in the Johnny Cash Museum was all his album covers. And then in the hall, in the Country Music Hall of Fame, there again, there was some of that. So my wife and I were talking, it's like, I remember getting CDs, pulling the, the little paper out and looking through the pictures, this, that, and the other. I'm like, you ain't doing that anymore on a digital download. Like that shit's yeah. inconsequential. Like the one Johnny Cash deal, like it was a big deal on how they shot these pictures and 
so on and so forth. And that was a huge part of the album. The album cover meant almost as much as the music back then. Yeah. And now the album cover is kind of a waste of your time because, like, yeah. you're in an album, you know. I, I find it weird, like, in our local Walmart, when you go there now, I don't know. There might be a few CDs left. I, there may not even be any. But now it's all records. We went back to records yeah. now. Yeah, and got to play it on vinyl. I couldn't tell you the last time I've put a record on a record player. I was probably literally 10 years old, literally. It's been a long time. I just carried our last 8-track player out of the, out of really? the shop the other day, yeah. Yep. I My did. grandma, she had a whole collection. I mean, it was as long as this table of records. Yeah. Now it was shit that I wouldn't have ever listened to, yeah. you know. But I assume that stuff all got burnt when My she par- died. My but. parents still got all that. We've got, or they have. I know they have Michael Jackson Thriller and a shitload of Elvis. Yeah, I just remember as a kid, you know, you couldn't couldn't screw your needle up on the record player. Yeah. You had to get your uh, needle. Yeah, that's a bad deal, and you couldn't be jumping around the house. God dang it, you're yep. gonna knock the needle. You know, if they, if they had a record player, right. you got to be still. Yeah, yeah. Which I think that's just another reason for dad to tell us to quit jumping around. Yeah, but when I was a little little kid, we had several records, and mm-hmm. of course we had one of them record players for kids. You know, just kind of a little one that you play. I remember with. when dad, I think it was for Christmas one year, sprung and got mom a new stereo and a new. Pioneer record player. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They still got it. Yeah. Like I said, we just carried the 8-track thing out there. Yeah, exactly. But there was a record player deal built into that at some of some fashion. And that, that, and then we had all these records and no way to play them. And he bought this whole combination deal or whatever. Remember, like, you know, CDs used to get to one. And then you had a 5 disc changer or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it ended up being you get a 50-disc like changer. Like a 10-disc changer. was yeah, I mean, a whole big nuts. deal. Yeah. I'd still like to have an old school jukebox. Yeah, I don't I need do. one, but I wouldn't mind having one. It, nothing the, the touch tune things in the bar of ruined music because you always got some jack bag that can find all kinds of dumb shit on there that shouldn't be on there to begin with. Like at least before you knew that E fifty four was a good song or right. whatever it was, and the E fifty six was not. <laughs> yeah, and you you know you want to hear your favorite song? Well, it ain't on here. Like we got yeah. these fifty songs, and that is what it is. You well, know? at least if you went up there and looked. It's like, well, you know, you might have this Garth Brooks CD that had, you know, four of his good songs and the rest of the yeah. songs you didn't, you weren't familiar yeah. with, but you knew that this jackass couldn't come in behind you and play some yeah. heavy metal screaming. Yeah. It simply wasn't in the jukebox. Yeah, it wasn't now, there. Now you're going to listen to anything and everything. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. Or you get the guy that plays like 25 songs at a restaurant and then leaves. Yeah. Yeah. And fact, I just seen a TikTok the other day about a guy that was um, – Playing, what they call it, touch tunes, I think mm-hmm. now is what they call it, yeah. And he had made the comment that he just tries to find the shittiest fucking songs he can think of. It's yeah. old, old country shit that nobody likes. You know, he'll just play that shit for an hour solid at the bar until everybody gets pissed. The funniest one I saw on that was, like, guy knew where his ex-wife was going with all her friends that night and played some song she hated for, like, two hours straight. Yeah. <laughs> just knowing that it right. would bother her, you know. <laughs> solid plan. Yeah. Yep, but I can remember as a kid the having to rent a VCR. Yeah, at the video store, you'd rent movies and the VCR. I mean, that was like a big deal. And those things were solid steel; they weighed like twenty-five oh, yeah, pounds for sure. Come popping up out of there, you better not have anything sitting on top of it and shoot it to the moon. In know? fact, and not that we're old by any means, but when we were in grade school, we still watched films back then on the mm-hmm. film roll where it projected yeah. it onto the chalkboard. Yeah. Kids today will never know the suffering of the overhead projector. No. Oh, we're going to write all these notes on this translucent piece of plastic, 
put it on the overhead projector, let you copy it off again because we're too dumb to take it to the copy machine yeah, exactly. and make a copy for everybody. Yeah. And so instead of learning, you'll just do professional note taking. I got one college professor. I'm still mad at it over that. That's all you did was write as fast as you could. What a joke. I didn't learn shit in that deal. Like, all you do is write as fast as you could, try to get copied down, try to learn it later. They could have easily printed it off. I mean, this was, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. So printers and shit existed. Like, the PAX yeah. machine had been out for 50 years. Yeah. We can make this work. But nope, no such luck. Yeah. Have you talked to your nieces and nephews, like, when you're talking about school here? Like, what does a modern ag class in a high school talk about today? I mean... Well, I don't know on that. I haven't asked him about that. But for starters, like, we would never survive on a variety of levels. Really? Like, they, there's no, there's not much talking ahead of school. We set the bleachers a certain distance apart. So I'm out right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm out right there. Like, I, I can't make it through. I'm, I'm done before school ever starts. And then it just goes on from there. But as far as what they learn in modern ag class, I don't know. I'll have to inquire about that. I'd be curious to know I what they cover. Because I know the uh, the ag teacher here at our school is married to a decent-sized yeah. farmer. You know, I yeah. mean, and, and she's a great teacher from what I understand. Yeah, same here. So yeah. I, I, and I don't know if or how that works. If the state says you have to teach X Y Z, or if she can go well, off sure on her, you know, sub level. I don't know how that works. But I don't know. I will ask that question this weekend. I have a niece and a nephew in that. I, I will ask them both and see what I see what I find out. Neither one of them will give me an answer. True stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if they're still learning about the noxious weeds and. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. you know, once Roundup and a lot of this shit come out, it, it yeah. When you had chemicals that was killing everything that yeah. actually worked back then. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You know. Yeah, different ball game back then. But we've kind of ran our course on that too. <laughs> now it's. Coming back the other way, you're going to have to know your weeds again. Yeah, they ain't no kidding. We went through all that shit, but hell, I couldn't. I mean, I can get your basic weeds, but when you start getting. Cuckleberg. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Inside joke. Long story. Needless to say, our ag teacher was not thrilled when it came up a cuckleberg, and I said it was a cuckleberg. Yep. Because of my last 15 answers of cuckleberg. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. And you, you had to know our ag class to understand yeah, us totally. Yeah. It was anything but ag. Yeah, total total inside joke. But uh, you weren't there, but it was funny. I'll, I'll assure you of that. Yes, that it was. Yeah. Anyway, well. We yeah, better we better wrap this wind up. this one up. Everybody's probably traveling for the holidays. I don't know yeah. when this will hit the airwaves. If nothing else, they might be traveling back home after Christmas. We'll have yeah. to see. Might drop it tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. See what's going on. It's going to be cold and nasty again tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. To, yeah. I got I th- we three. shot we shot one, what, week ago or less less than a week, last Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I totally forgot about it until yesterday. I've even thrown it up, so I need to upload that one. Yeah, no doubt. Anyway, time to go outside and enjoy, the, and enjoy the warmth. Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Good old global warming. Back yeah, at it again. Back at it again. Well, I don't know when this will hit the airwaves. If it happens to hit them tomorrow, you guys have a Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry if it hits the airwaves after Christmas, then just forget well, have that. Have a Merry Christmas just 300 and some days yeah. in advance. Yeah. Just or think, just or think a Happy it. New Year. We're going yeah. to cover happy both New bases Year. here. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah. <laughs> Merry, Merry Fourth of July. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next time.